You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. In episode 164 of the Merged Marketing Podcast, we're going to change things up a bit. In this episode, we're going to be featuring a presentation that I was doing in 2022 around the topic of lead magnets and creating the perfect lead magnet that your customers can't ignore. This specific presentation was presented back in AdWorld back in May 2022 and to numerous small groups of business owners throughout the year. And we're going to pluck out one of those sessions that I did and showcase it on this episode of the podcast. This specific topic is actually going to be featured in the Journal of Brand Strategy in 2023, which I am super pumped about. Um, you know, our company has done numerous lead magnets over the course of the last two or three years, and we've actually crushed the data to figure out which topics actually work the best at creating the lowest cost per lead and the highest CTR click-through rate. And uh, we've really uh, created what's called the PAR method to creating that topic that your leads or customers can't ignore. And we're gonna dive into the into it in this episode today. Uh, I think you'll get a ton of value. If you have any questions about this topic, you can always reach out to me, Jason at merged.ca. Enjoy. Today's presentation titled, How to Create Epic Lead Magnets Your Customers Can't Ignore. This is a presentation that we're doing based on a lot of research that we have and a lot of data that we have off of the lead magnets that we have created uh, over the years for our clients. So we actually accumulated all of those lead magnets and got the data on the ones that perform best and the ones that underperformed. And uh, we documented it. And we're going to talk about some of those examples in the presentation today. So first and foremost, I'll give you a, a brief overview on why I'm here talking about marketing and lead magnets. Uh, for myself, I got into marketing, actually had my epiphany on why marketing is the direction for me at uh, in my mid-20s. I was uh, in a band. I was uh, touring Japan at the time. And through that experience, I got to uh, perform a lot of music. Uh, you know, I got to get on some big stages, which was pretty awesome. But through that experience, I come to realize that I liked marketing my music more than performing and singing the music. And I was a mediocre singer at best, but I was a pretty decent marketer. So that was my epiphany to take that direction down the path of marketing. And that's the career I chose and the career I'm in now. And uh, from there, back when I came back from Japan, I founded an online radio station supporting underground artists and doing all the marketing for that. I ended up selling that company to my last employer. Um, and then I started my social media agency back in 2016 called Fresh Crowd. And in 2019, I noticed there was a need for the more technical side of digital marketing. So I merged my social media agency with uh, uh, an SEO company, a leading SEO company here in Canada. And from there, uh, I launched the Merge Marketing Podcast right before the pandemic started back in February 2020. The key to having a successful podcast is consistency. So if you're ever thinking of doing a podcast, definitely you have to have the time and bandwidth to be consistent. And lastly, 2022, we're serving numerous clients, numerous niches across, uh, across the world. And I have the pleasure of, of speaking on some pretty big stages, including AdWorld, and I still get to fill that void of, of getting in front of a stage and performing for people just in a different context than music, which is kind of cool. All right. So we're going to be talking about Mark today and his platform, uh, Meta or Facebook and Instagram. 
And the reason for that is because they're the most popular platforms in the world. We're talking, you know, 1.96 billion daily active users and 2.94 billion monthly active users. Those are some incredible numbers. And there's an incredible, incredible amount of attention on those platforms. So that's where we are focused our attention on today. One thing to note about this is, is it's, it's interesting because a lot of people thought with all the stuff that happened with Cambridge Analytica that there would be a decline in the amount of new Facebook users. But surprisingly, in Q1 2022, there's a 3% increase. So that number continues to increase. And, and the fastest growing demographic on the platform are women and men, uh, 65 plus. So that's something uh, worth noting, especially if you're target audiences within that demographic. What I want you guys to think about as I'm speaking about lead magnets today and, and the platforms we're using to generate the traffic for those lead magnets is the state of mind that that user is in. And, and the state of mind of that user is, is unfocused, distracted, and overstimulated. That's the social state of mind. You know, your people on social media are just, they're, they're longing for that next great piece of content that captures their attention. And they're not, you know, they're not focused. They're they're constantly distracted. And, and again, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, you just got to keep that in mind, that state of mind that that user is in. What we want to do is use social media as a way to get them off of social media to a place where they are paying attention. They are focused. They're not distracted. And the best place to do that, actually, I want to ask the question, where do you think that place is when they're in a productive state of mind, focused, attentive, and interested? Well, if your guess was email, that's it. Right place, right time, right message. That's in the email inbox, right? It's so important that you're going to be getting their attention within email where all they're focused on is that one item, that one thing, that one message, that one call to action. And that's where we want to get them from, from that distracted state of mind to a place where they are focused. And the best way to get them from point A to point B is using a lead magnet. And the lead magnet, and, and what we're going to talk about today is the secret sauce for creating those lead magnets that customers simply can't ignore. And again, like I said, this has been tried, tested, and true. We've run a lot of these campaigns, and these are the ones, some of the ones that have worked the best and some of the ones that have worked the worst. Now, firstly, I want to focus on the, or talk a little bit about the awareness level, which is something a lot of marketers out there, um, they ignore. And that is, what is the awareness level of your target audience when you're going to present them with that lead magnet? Is it somebody that's unaware of the business of your business, the unaware of the pain point that they have, um, you know, or are they problem aware? Okay, or do they are they aware that there's a problem out there? I'll use ourselves as an example because you know, for merged media, we're spending upwards of about a hundred dollars a day on ads uh, on Facebook to generate leads. So we need to be very cognizant of the awareness level of our audience. Somebody who's unaware is is probably somebody that doesn't really have time or they don't think their audience is on social media. So therefore they don't need, for example, social media management. Okay. Uh, problem aware is maybe, yes, they do need social media. They understand there's a problem there. They need it to stay top of mind with their audience. Um, so they'd be problem aware. Now, solution aware would be aware that an agency like ours exists to help them with their social media. So that's the solution aware stage. Now, once they're aware that we have the pain or we have the solution to their problem, now they're product aware because now they know we offer social media management as a service and we can post to their Facebook and Instagram on a regular basis. Now they're product aware. Now, most aware is a stage where basically they know everything we have to offer. Um, all they need is a little nudge 
nudge over the edge to make that commitment. And that can be done through a lot of testimonials or success stories of clients and things like that. So understanding your awareness level, you can understand what kind of a lead magnet you need to create for your audience. Hey guys, I have an announcement to make. I recently released my debut book on Amazon titled Drop the Mic Marketing, How to Find Your Social Media Voice. It was such an amazing experience writing this book alongside my co-author, Mike Almer. Mike is a terrific writer. I am not a writer, but I had a story to tell. And Mike was able to articulate that story in a way that I am super proud of. And I would love it if you went on over to Amazon and picked yourself up a copy today. Jason Hunt, Drop the Mic Marketing, How to Find Your Social Media Voice. Go and check it out. Now, we're going to go over four pillars today. These are the four pillars. We like to call it the PAR, the P-A-R-E method for generating that lead magnet topic that converts best. Pillar one of the four is the people, the people that this lead magnet would benefit. Is the target audience defined without being too niche? And here are two examples of lead magnets that we've deployed for our clients, okay? We have a legal checklist for starting a business in Ontario. That's targeting entrepreneurs in Ontario. And then we have five must-haves before reaching retirement age, parent edition. And that's targeting parents nearing retirement. So out of those two examples of lead magnets, which one do you think performed best? And which one do you think struggled? And best performing means the lowest cost per lead and the highest link click-through rate. Those are the metrics we look at when creating a lead magnet that converts best. It was a legal checklist of starting a business in Ontario. Now, these are these were opposite ends of the spectrum. And a big reason for that is entrepreneurs in Ontario is a decent-sized audience, right? Like, that's a decent size. Of, uh, size. Entrepreneurs in, in, in Ontario, there's tons of them out there. Now, parents nearing retirement that specific one was targeting a very, very small subset of people, not just parents, but parents nearing retirement who are likely between this, this age of maybe, it could be maybe between 50 to 60 years old, something like that, where entrepreneurs were just a much bigger audience and that one performed way better. Now it's okay to go niche, right? At times, um, but really it depends. You're gonna be paying a much higher cost per lead the more you niche it. Um, the bigger the audience size, typically the lower cost per lead you're going to have, as well as a higher link click-through rate. Now, next example, pillar two, the applicability of the lead magnet's content. This is the A in the PAR. Can the reader use this now or is there additional work to be done? Remember, you're capturing somebody off of social media. I love to look at the lead magnet as kind of the bait to get them off of social media. And in this case here, it's like, well, what can somebody di look at, digest, and, and get that immediately? I'll tell you something that doesn't work. 30 page ebooks as lead magnets on social media. It's just to consume that, it's just too much time and too much work. And typically, it's a very high lead cost to get somebody to opt into something like that. Now, here are two examples one flopped, one did great, the applicability. Seven financial strategies for real estate agents was a topic, and that's obviously talking about strategies. And then there's five easy exercises for learning English as a second language. That was another lead magnet and that those are exercises. Now, if I were to call out you, Eric, which one do you think worked best and which one flopped? I'm going to say that the uh, five easy exercises for learning English as a second language flopped. Today, that one actually performed. That was one of our best performing lead magnets. And, and I'll tell you why. Okay. We found this through the, through, through the examples we've done. Um, the minute you use that word strategy, the lead magnet cost for some reason goes exponentially higher. 
And I think a lot of that has to derive from the simple fact that when you hear the term, the word strategy, it's like, oh, there's work that needs to be done. You know, there's something I have to do. I have to consume. I have to, I have to put an effort towards doing this. I have to use my own thinking capacity to do whatever this strategy is telling me to do. And I think that leads to a much higher lead cost when you're taking a lead off of Instagram or Facebook, right? Five easy exercises. It's like, wow, five easy exercises. I can do this in 10 minutes. I got 10 minutes. I'm just scrolling through my social media. I'll do that right now. And I, I and that specific lead magnet did significantly better than anything mentioning strategy. So if we said five easy, five strategies for learning English as a second language, I will guarantee you that will be a, almost probably a triple uh, cost per lead compared to five easy exercises. Now, pillar three, the relevancy. This is the R and par. Uh, the relevancy of the data in the lead magnet. Is the content timely or is it timed poorly? Even your services. You might see this a lot with the services that you offer. At times, you, know, you might have to make tweaks or pivots to the services that you offer because the timing might be wrong. Maybe the price point's too high. Um, you know, and I think you need to be cognizant of this as you develop that lead magnet topic. Um, because a lead magnet topic that worked one uh, one year ago might not be as relevant today and therefore increasing your lead cost. So two examples here are why you should consider building a modular home in 2021. Good content, right time. Or how to prepare your dental practice for sale. Good content, niche time. I'm not going to call anyone out here. I think this one's pretty obvious. But in terms of relevancy, why you should consider building a modular home in 2021. Like this was a time when the real estate market market was insane in terms of prices. So specifically speaking, that one there, we were targeting baby boomers looking to downsize. If you know anything about the Toronto, uh, Ontario real estate market, you're, you'll know that it's super expensive to purchase a bungalow, which is very attractive to baby boomers who are looking to downsize. You can't get one in the city. But what is appealing is buying a piece of land about two hours up north and putting a modular home on that property because you can get it at maybe a, a fifth of the cost. And that was very attractive. If nothing else, it was a very attractive lead magnet topic for that audience. And that one did really well. We were getting leads at $1.20, I believe, per lead to get somebody into our ecosystem um, from that target audience, which was really good. The second one, how to prepare your dental practice for sale. The problem with that one is it's 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 you're not just targeting a niche, right? Which is you know you're targeting dental owners or dentists, but you're you're targeting dentists that are even thinking about selling their practice. It's just a very very niche time in their journey as a dentist to think about selling their practice. Therefore, your target audience is super super small. Therefore, the cost is super high. Bear in mind, you will get quality, but like I said. Our goal of this whole uh, strategy is not to generate, you know, quality leads at, off of the lead magnet. It's to get leads into our ecosystem so we can continue to nurture them to become a lead down their journey. Okay. Now, last one, pillar four, the emotion that he, that the lead magnet evokes. Could this topic work in small talk or is it too focused on productivity and work? Now, what's important here is I'd love to think of it this way. If you're going up, you're going to a bar and going to go have a drink and you're going to go have a conversation with somebody you might not know. Is this a, is this a good conversation to have? Is it a good topic to have to, to, to base that whole conversation around this lead magnet topic per se? Because if it's not, there's a good chance it's not going to work. Remember, on Facebook and Instagram, people are in a, 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 a look at those platforms as very casual. It's not like LinkedIn where people are thinking business. On LinkedIn, this is quite different. You might be able to use something that's a little more practical or a little more um, you know, educational on that platform. 
on, on Facebook and Instagram, it needs to be a little more uh, playful. Okay. And here's two examples. Three essential checklists for workplace safety. It's very practical and work-related. And then there's how we can positively impact our daily lives with compassion. So one of those work, one of those didn't. I think that one's pretty obvious as well. How we can positively impact our daily lives with compassion. It's talking about it's compassion. It's talking about caring. This is a very attractive lead magnet for Facebook and Instagram. Now, three essential checklists for workplace safety. Maybe great on LinkedIn, not so hot on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, nobody wants to talk about three essential checklists for workplace safety. Just not a sexy topic to have out there on Facebook. Now, the key ingredient here, the people plus the applicability plus relevance plus emotion. You put those four into the equation of the topic of that lead magnet you're creating for your audience. You're going to, I'm guaranteeing you, you're going to generate a very high link click-through rate and a, and a much lower CPL. Okay, so those are the four factors to consider when creating that lead magnet topic. Now, here are just a couple of examples in action where we tweaked that lead magnet topic and it resulted in a much lower cost per lead. This specific one here is targeting the, the niche of dentists and it's uh, you have how to prepare your dental practice for sale. We talked about that one. We made a simple tweak to that, kept everything the same. Audience size was the same, all else remained the same, but changed the title of that lead magnet to five money saving tips for dentists. We dropped that lead cost in half. Now, that I think personally, that's a that's higher than average cost per lead for a lead magnet campaign. But because it's a niche audience of dentists, um, it's actually we're very happy with that lead cost of thirteen dollars per lead. Another example. This one is the essential check. This was a client. Let me tell you a bit about the client first. So this is a, a consultant for ex athletes. Um, that to, to help them facilitate the transition into the workplace after being a professional athlete. Okay, it's a, it's kind of a niche, but uh, again, it's a coach. And we had the first lead magnet topic was the essential checklist for former athletes, arcs, blind spots, and roadblocks. It's kind of a, a complicated title for a lead magnet, and it doesn't really hit the, you know, any of the four pillars. But once we changed it, the four tips for finding success after sports. That lead cost that went from seven dollars per lead down to four dollars and forty-seven cents. Okay, four tips. That's something you know. It hits all the all of the uh, all of the four pillars on the par. Okay, the people remain the same for both, but you know the applicability, um, the relevancy, and the emotion. It strikes all three on those ones with that new title of four tips for finding success after sports. Do you have a podcast? Do you have aspirations of starting a podcast? Not sure where to start? Merged Media offers podcast management services where we take all the legwork out of producing that podcast and posting content for that podcast. If you have any questions about our podcast management services, just go on over to merged.ca and book a discovery call today. Now, the nurture sequence. Now, once you get the lead in, what do you do with them? Because they're obviously not ready to buy yet. They're not ready for your service. They know nothing about you yet. Again, we're getting leads from top of funnel, getting them off of social media into a place where they're attentive and focused, okay? And that's what eludes me to the nurture sequence. How to develop a nurture sequence that turns browsers into buyers. Now, we're going to talk very high level in this one. We're not going to get too much into the nitty gritty, but there are a few points you do need to know. There's five emails. That, this is a standard nurture sequence. This can fluctuate anywhere from four emails down to 12 emails. It's really up to you as to how, how long you want to create that nurture. Okay. But these are the standard five emails that we would deploy for a nurture campaign, a short nurture campaign. Okay. Number one, you're introducing the white paper. You're going to make that very brief. They don't need to read 
anything, they, they essentially just want to get to that lead magnet that they opted into. Okay. They don't want to read much information. Okay. They just want a simple call to action, quick couple sentences to introduce a lead magnet and that's it. Then email two. typically we'll wait probably about, you know, maybe a few days, two to three days. We'll, we'll send them email two, which is a reference email. This is, we're grabbing a little piece of content that was mentioned within that lead magnet and we're going deep on it. Okay. Again, you're not selling them. You're just further enhancing your credibility, your no like and trustability, okay, by talking more about one of the items brought up in the lead magnet, okay. So for for example, four uh, successful tips for work after sports. That example there, we would grab one of those four tips and just go deep on that. You can almost oh, oh, you can also cite it as a or refer people to the blog on your website if you have a, a blog post that dives deep into one of those points brought up in the lead magnet. Okay, then you got email three, the educational email. We're going to talk more specifically to the audience and the pain point that they had and connect it to a service offering that you have. Okay, just kind of make that connection very subtly. Okay, then in email four, this is where you're going to get a little more aggressive with that ask. You know, you're going to push for engagement. Maybe you could have them take a quiz, uh, you know, follow a Facebook group, or, or, you know, you can have them book time in your calendar, although I don't find that as the most successful way to get booked appointments. Uh, typically, you do need to do that outreach. Um, but sometimes it does work where they will book a time in their calendar. There is an opportunity here in email four to give them that call to action. And then lastly, when uh, email five, this is a win back email. This is where you're going to take an opportunity to talk more about your service and offer success stories, offer them testimonials of happy clients, give them that kind of transformational sort of image as to what it looks like to be a client of yours. Okay. And that's what you want to address in email five. Now, once they get through this short nurture sequence, they're going to have a very good idea at who you are and what you do. Okay. So, you know, after this sequence, it could be a good opportunity for you to have yourself or an appointment setter, give them a call just to see if they have any questions about the services that you offer. And it gives you an opportunity to qualify them to see if they're a good fit for your business. If nothing else, you can take them from a sort short nurture sequence and put them into what we call a longer term nurture sequence, which would be kind of like an email newsletter. Okay. But again, it's, it's providing that value month over month. So your business can stay top of mind with the potential client. Now, for those visual people out there, here's a visual rundown on how this looks. I'm more visual. I need to see these kind of graphs and flow charts and things to, for things to make sense to me. But, you know, those first few emails, you're building that no like and trustability. And then it's after that conversion email where you're spending that energy and effort to convert those browsers into buyers. Now, while all this is going on, I do recommend you be running retargeting campaigns on Facebook uh, or remarketing campaigns on Google. You want to be running these because you constantly want to stay top of mind for them because you don't know when they're going to be ready to close. Again, it comes down to that awareness level, right? Our goal here is to get them from a point where they're solution aware to the, to the point where they're most aware. And this is done through this journey. Now, lastly, the funnel, how to use Facebook and Instagram to establish yourself as the authority in your industry and capture those leads. What I did, you, now you have the bait, you have that quote unquote bait, which is the lead magnet. Okay. You have your nurture after they, 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 they come aboard and enter your ecosystem. Now, the big question is how do you get them from browser on social media to opt in on your lead magnet? Okay. And this is where we're going to touch on that. First of all, Audiences are so important. And Facebook, in my opinion, is the best platform out there for developing these audiences. If you have a customer list, say you have a customer list or a prospect list of a couple hundred people, perfect. You can actually give that list to Facebook and tell Facebook, 
go out there and not just collect these 200 people that you can automatically target with your ads if they signed up to Facebook with that email address, but tell Facebook to create a lookalike audience of these 200 people. So Facebook is going to go out there, scan these 2 billion profiles to find the users that look most similar to the 200 users on that list. They're going to look for the, you know, the interests, behaviors, attributes of those people on that list of 200. Now, I will bet you that Facebook knows a lot more about your target audience than you do. You know, you might know, you know, the books they read, the influencers they follow, but you don't know whether they have a tendency to click on content and convert on content. Okay. And that's information that Facebook does have. And we can target people based on those behaviors. You don't want to get your ads in front, but in front of somebody that just has a tendency to scroll past content. That's not a very good user to target. You're kind of wasting your money getting in front of those people if they're never going to take any actions on your brand. So we want to avoid those users and make sure we get our ads in front of those users that take the behaviors we want them to take. Clicking, commenting, engaging, converting on content. Okay. Now that's just one example. We're not going to go over all of them today, but that's one of my favorite ones is grabbing that custom audience and creating lookalikes. You can also create lookalikes off of people that have become leads, people that are engaging on your Facebook page, you know, people that are hitting that pixel on your website, taking certain actions on your website. You can create audiences from all of those users. So, um, cause you might have a business that has different services where you're going to have different avatars and you're going to have different audiences. So it is important to segment those audiences. Now, moving on to dynamic ads. So the first thing we do when we launch our campaign is we create a plethora of ads. Typically, we'll test maybe about 10 different images, 10 different video variations amongst five different copies, five different headlines. We'll run these dynamic ads at Facebook with a budget to figure out which copy, headline, and, and uh, image or video is working best with the algorithm and working best with the users. Okay. If you know, throwing one ad out there with one ad copy and one headline, it's really crossing your fingers. It's throwing darts at a dartboard blindfolded. Okay, there's a good chance it's not going to work. It's funny because as we run our own campaigns here, you know, what you think works never actually works. It, it, it doesn't, you know, and, and it happens so often. Like the last campaign we're running here, even for ourselves, for lead generation, is, is it's a video of, of me walking through the office talking about social media marketing. It's just, a, it's a really amateur-esque video um, and it's going up against professional videos. It's going up against all this graphic design image work, but this video is getting not, is generating 90% of our leads. So, you know, why reinvent the wheel? You're going to get a good idea as to what's working and get some good insight on the creative that works when you launch these campaigns through dynamic ads. You always see that when you run dynamic ads, the headline, look, Facebook will pick one headline that typically works much better than the rest. Now, what's important about capturing that lead on Facebook? A lot of people are like, Jay, I have this great landing page. You want to send traffic from Facebook to a landing page. That's cool. You can absolutely do that. Um, you're optimizing for traffic. You're telling Facebook to put your ads in front of people that have a tendency to click on content and go to a website. Um, but a lot of those people might not have a tendency to fill in a contact form on a website or convert on a landing page. I like to make this as frictionless as possible. Okay. So having that lead form directly on Facebook allows a user to click on that call to action, open up that lead form right away and make it very easy for them to fill in their name, email, and phone number. Typically it's auto generated. So all they have to do as a user is go click, click, boom. And you have that contact information. You can add additional questions to these lead forms where a user has to manually type in an address or something like that. 
All that's going to happen when you add in those additional lines is you're going to increase your lead cost. Okay. Yes, further qualify. Yes, maybe more quality. Uh, but again, the purpose of this strategy is to get the lowest cost lead as possible because you're not selling them on the ad, you're selling them through the nurture sequence. Now, that's it for me today. Those are the three steps for really what we do to create those sequences, strategies, lead magnets. And, uh, and we can do this for you. If you have any questions or would like our agency to do this for you or even like a proposal, just head on over to Merge.ca. Merge you can book a time there um, in the calendar or uh, request a time. And then we can have a conversation specifically to your business and maybe come up with a great lead magnet topic for your business as well. And uh, if you want to give me a follow, go on over to at jhuntofficial, very active on Instagram, uh, TikTok, uh, LinkedIn. It used to be Clubhouse, not so active anymore, uh, but Facebook as well. And you can check out my podcast uh, at merge.ca or just go on over to merge.ca, M-E-R-G-E-D.ca, and you can check out the podcast there. Thank you guys for showing up today and checking out my presentation. Real quick, guys, if you are active on Instagram or TikTok, I encourage you to go on over and give my personal profile a follow, at jhuntofficial, J-A-Y-H-U-N-T-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Over there on Instagram and TikTok, I'm posting my favorite highlights from the Merged Marketing Podcast, along with some of the highlights from my speaking engagements uh, overseas as well as locally. Ton of value. Go on over and check it out at Jihan Official. I'd like to thank you for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast, and I invite you to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the Merged Marketing Podcast. One of the best ways to do that is to add us to your Instagram at Merged Media, M-E-R-G-E-D-M-E-D-I-A. Go on over there, give Merged Media a follow and subscribe and never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.